Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAG, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAG is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAG, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no power, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no fame, he's got his strong beliefs. My lover's got no money, he's got his strong beliefs. To the Roker Report podcast, where we are joined with Stuart Donald, who is here to tell us all about deadline day and transfers and budgets and everything else. So, how are you, Stuart? Yeah, almost over it. Yeah, I feel like I'm back in the land of the living. <laughs> Was it stressful? Very stressful. More stressed you've ever been in business? Yes. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. L- l- last few hours were. If if we have a Netflix second series, then uh, uh, they, they were with me, and I think uh, I think that will be good. Good TV, unfortunately. And just to clarify, you were not in Sunderland; you were in Oxford. No, I was in. I was in with Neil Fox and Richard Hill. Um, Jack was obviously up uh, up here, and um, yeah, I was. Uh, I thought being out of the way, I wouldn't interfere too much um, or, or get too involved, and uh, I managed to keep quiet till about five o'clock in the evening, and then uh, th- then I uh, swung into action. And were you keeping track of Twitter and seeing what fans were saying, or were you trying to keep yourself away from everything? No, I was I was away from everything. I'd, I've seen Twitter for the few days before, and you could see as it gets closer, <laughs> yeah, how everyone's emotion was. Um, yeah, well, they, uh, I think I was a focal point for <laughs> for a few comments, which is fair enough. But um, uh, you know, I'd seen a couple of days before, so I had an idea of what the day was was like. And I'd said 
about a week before. I'll talk about it afterwards. You, you haven't got time to talk about it through through the process, even if you want to. So um, it was all about just getting it done. So I, I didn't look at, at Twitter until um, after the, the window had shut. And I just sat down and I went home and I was waiting for the confirmation. So I then went on Twitter and had a look at what people were saying. And um, I thought, well, it will keep me awake for an hour. So I'll... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do a few likes and whatever, but um, uh, uh, yeah, it was. Um, I, I think. I think to be fair, you know, just before the window, everyone's panicking, and you know, I'm the devil for not not having delivered. And then after the, the you know, Will Grigg was announced, um, you know, uh, every, everybody said, you know, well, well done, well done. But the, the, the reality of it is, it's somewhere in between. You, you know, we were working hard all the way through the window, um, and you don't want to leave it to the last minute. But you, you haven't got control over other football clubs. Yeah, you can only do what you can do, and uh, I think everybody realised if they held out to the last minute, um, you know that that would be when we were at our most desperate. Okay, we're going to start with the transfers <clears throat> out to begin with. We have got a big section on Will Griggs, so yep. hold back on your Will Griggs comments until we're there. Um, but we'll start with Josh Madger. Um, yep. Last time you were on, that was the the main point of this podcast. But can you tell us the the full story of what happened? Sort of after that, he obviously must have had a meeting with his family, and I presume I had, I had a meeting with with Jack and Josh, um, and and I I just very simply said to Josh, um, you know, the indication was that that you were happy here, and and that it was just about timing, but the reality of it is now that seems to have changed, and, and I just said, look, j- just just be honest with us, if if you want to go and play football in the Premier League, or or you want to stay with this and that, so don't tell us one thing or, or and then do something else because we've got to plan for the future of our football club and we just need to know what's in your head. Um, and um, he then agreed that he'd go away and talk to his agent and his family um, and we'd extend it a couple of days. Um, and then, you know, ve- ve- very simply then, um, you know, I was then having conversations with his agent about, um, you know, he was saying, well, I'm going to talk to this club or that club and that, without saying he's not signing that then said to me straight away well he's not signing and um uh you know jack then talked to him and and, and josh said no i've i've decided to to move on um and for that moment on it was about um whether we could get the right deal and whether or not we could keep josh um till the end of the season um to stay and of course um you know, there's no secret. I think we checked into it. If he moves abroad, which we thought was always going to be the plan, the club would get about 300,000. So we were always going to be financially better off if we could get the right deal. Um, but it had to be the right deal. And the agent came to us with some figures. And, and I said, well, I'm not even going to have a conversation because, you know, Josh doesn't earn a lot of money at the moment. And if I need to sign a replacement, I'm going to spend all that money and more on a replacement. So I said, I might as well keep, you know, Josh and... um keep him to the end of the season. But, you know, I had a conversation with Jack there because we, we'd we need to keep Josh if he's mentally right to stay. Um, and on that basis, if we didn't think he was mentally right to stay, then, you know, we'd, we'd have to have a look. And Josh is a lovely lad and he's a good lad and you can't blame him in, in lots of ways for wanting to move. But we have to be sure that if we're going to keep him, that he is going to deliver as he has for the season moving forward because there's loads of dynamic there you know once he said he's not signing what do the existing players how do they interact with him how does it affect the atmosphere is Josh although he'll say he'll give 100% will he because he he, you know he's obviously mentally will have signed a pre-contract somewhere so you know on balance after a conversation with with Jack I think it was pretty clear that 
um, we preferred to get a replacement if we could um, and see if we could get the best deal we could. Uh, and then it got a little bit more frustrating because we had better deals in this country. But, um, you know, I think um, uh, Josh's mind or his agent's mind were made up that he was going to move abroad. And um, from that point, there wasn't really an awful lot of negotiating that could be done because um, it was, well, we can move him in the summer for not very much or you take the deal that's on the table. I still haggled as hard as I possibly physically could on that and got it up. You know, quite a lot, I think, um, you know, because at the end of the season, there's no sell-on, there's no extras, there's no anything. Um, and if Josh does all right, um, we'll ultimately get uh, a fair value for him. At the moment, um, you know, we've we've only got one and a half million pounds for him. Um, uh, and uh, that, that that is not much for a striker um, and with the potential he's got. But Josh has gone. Um, so we now move forward and good luck to him and everything else but we've got to be certain and I've been having conversations with this and I touched on it last time I was in we can't have this again it's absolutely ridiculous that we have young lads because Lyndon to a degree was in the same boat they've really started playing this season and doing well so the club's paid for these players for X amount of time and we've organised a contract that when they start to get in the first team Everything switches to their favour, so um, we 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 won't have that in the future. But it might mean that we have a few tough conversations with a with a few players now because we're we're changing the way we're doing our contracts. Was the Josh Madger deal in your mind a good deal, or do you think we we didn't get what we should have got? No, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not a good deal. Um, it, it's cost us by not having it organised correctly. And you could argue, you know, that was. You know, I should have started that in August when I've started at end of September. Um, but to be fair, when I came to the club, um, Josh Madger wasn't particularly, you know, w- well known in that sense. Jack's put him in the team, and every week we're trying to negotiate the contract. He's scoring a goal, so of course it's it's ratcheted up really quickly, and it's just like the perfect storm. But the reality of it is, you know, come October when we're ready, um, it's too late. But it shouldn't have got that way. Josh Madger signed, I think, a three-year deal. Well, you can put three-year extensions on that in the club's favour. Um, and what we should have done is turn around and said, for the first two years, he's probably not going to play, or maybe the first 18 months. When he starts playing, if he plays, the boy was on less than £1,000 a week. If he starts playing, then the contract should say, you start earning more money, but we get extra years. Um and, and we've got this scenario now with Benji, who's in the same boat as Josh Madger, will be in the summer. One year left on his deal might get in the first team next season, everything swings to him. So I've said, basically from a football club perspective, I've told the football people, get his contract organised so that if he gets in the first team, it extends and he earns more money. Um, But we need the options to extend these players' contracts and we should negotiate those at the start um, before we know. Doing it after the event, you know, that the price just goes through the roof. So, you know, you've got to do that at the start. And... um, you know, then, then of course, the football people go, well, you know, the agent might not like that, this, that, and that. And I said, it's simple. If they won't commit to the future here and have an extension, then we won't play them. Uh, and that, you know, might affect us. But, you know, use Benji as an example. I'm not saying we, we, we're we not there with him on that. Or let, let's say it's Elliot Edmonton or any of the other young lads you're going to ask me about. If we want to extend their contract and they're not currently playing in our first team, 
and they won't give us the facility that says, if you pay, play football for us in the first team, we extend your contract, but you earn more money. If they won't commit to that with us when they're not even in the first team, then they won't play football for us. We'll have to get different players because these young lads should be committed to our football club. And if they deliver, we need to be protected. We are not. We cannot be in a position whereby all our young players play for us in the last year of their contract and then can just demand top dollar and swallow somewhere else. We're taking a gamble on them. Um, and they're not even. Are they taking a gamble on us? We're Sun, no, I don't mean we're Sunderland Football Club. If you're a 17, 18, 19 year old lad and we offer you a two year deal and say if you get in our first team, we'll extend it by two years and you earn more money. If they don't want to do that, then we won't have them here. Who, who, who wants that sort of player? So um, that's where we're going. Do you feel in hindsight you could have handled the Josh Madger situation better? And I say we, I mean the club. Could they have handled it better? Yes, we, we could have talked to him in August. But, you know, um, when you come into the club and you've got Jack Robwell to sort and Didier and Dong and, you know, people that are earning what they're earning and you, you've got to do that, understand the club, sort the culture, um, you know, and you check what the football club has done before and you get the, I suppose, the footballing view. Because bear in mind, we haven't even seen an awful lot of these players um, playing till they, they come back. Then once Josh started playing in August, I could have sat down in August. The reality of it is I'm not sure with all the other stuff I had in August, it wasn't unrealistic to start it in September. And I might have been four weeks slow on it. I don't think it would have made a difference because I think once he started doing what he was doing, <clears throat> it was always beneficial potentially for for him to get a, a move abroad. Um, so I'm not sure. Uh, you know, you can always look at it and say you, you could have done it a little bit differently. I, I could have moved up on the offer quicker. Um, I suppose. Um, yeah, you, you know, I'll, I'll look at it. It's cost us. It's cost us, and 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 that was a mistake. Do I think that we should be should have been in that position? Not really. I mean, when you look at the academy and the wages, it's so skewed. You got players like Josh earning less than others. Who you know, when you talk to the academy team, you go, well, you know, he's earning this, he's earning that, he's earning the other, and you and you listen to the logic behind why someone was offered what they were offered. It, it, it's there's there's no set structure and pattern. So. Um, I haven't looked at the academy from the moment I walked in. I've looked at it now. Josh is probably, um, uh, you know, a big part of me saying we can't have this in the future. Um, so we've got there. I might have got there a little bit late, um, but this is a long-term project and I think we'll get the right structure in our academy to keep ourselves protected. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's gutting, really. I'm going to talk about another academy product here. So Andy Nelson left. Yep. Um, what was the the thinking behind him leaving? Was that a decision that the club made, or was that because no, no, all, all the decisions on the players are are down to Jack Ross, Tony Coton, um, and you know when it comes to the academy, Kevin, Paul Reed, um, you know the people that Jack's put around him. They'll make all the footballing decisions on what players we offer contracts, whether we let people go, the players we want to sign. Um, our job as a board is to try and get the best financial result on all the players in and out and the whole of the club so that if we need to push the boat out, we've we've given ourselves the best chance. And the the, the footballing view of letting Nelson go was that it was it was 
a conversation between Paul Reed, I would imagine, and, and Jack Ross. And I think that's exactly what it was. Uh, and the view was there was interest in him. Um, where do we think he would get to? Where, where where do we think it would fit with our our plans? And the view was that he would it would be better on if he moved if we got the right deal. Um, and we got we we think we got the right deal. I know he was doing well at Darlington, um, and you know. Uh, I can see that and he might be one for the future and will he kick on enough to, to get into our first team when we're trying to make sure we're going in the championship etc I, I don't know if he would have been there in two or three years time but when, when the interest comes in they they come to the board in that scenario it wasn't the board going out saying you know oh you've got to move um, I don't know whoever it is uh, Benji Nelson um, Josh Madger etc that, that isn't what the board do they come to us saying there's an interest. We want to do this, and we go, okay, yes or no, and that's and that's. So you know, if you want to know why he's moved on from a footballing perspective, then Jack or Paul Reed, your man, really. Um, but but w- from that the point they said yes, we think it's a good move. We then think we've got you know a, a sell on and um, some potential funds depending on you know w- what happens and games played and. Uh, what where Dundee end up in the league or or, or whatever, and we think we've done a, a decent deal with 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 the club there. Brian Oviedo was close to joining West Brom. Uh, yes, that, that deal was expected to go through, then didn't. Um, yes, what happened with him? Uh, we received an inquiry. Um, I um, didn't think it was quite enough, if I if I'm honest. But again, we checked with the footballing people, and they said um, no, they're happy with that. And we said, okay, well, we'll let Brian talk to West Brom. They talked to each other and West Brom said, yes, they'd like to do it. And we said, okay, this was, you know, with plenty of time to get the deal done. Um, and then lunchtime on uh, transfer deadline day, our focus is completely and utterly on on the ins. Um, bit of good news on the outs because it, it, it would help with the cash flow. Um, it, it, you know, um, if, if the footballing decision is it's the right thing, you then go to the finance and go, okay, that's that's all right. And we left it to Brian and West Brom and we're sat there waiting for the paperwork and the paperwork never arrived. So why that didn't happen um, is is down to West Brom and Brian, not not, not Sunderland. We, we agreed for him to go. They didn't complete the deal. So does that mean there's a there was rumours saying that it was an error on the Sunderland end? So is that not true? That's not true at all. No, um, uh, and we spoke to the agent, and and I think there was a, you know, a conversation where all I know third hand is West Brom. I think said they couldn't get hold of the agent. The agent said, "Well, I, I couldn't get hold of West Brom or whatever." And and someone said, "Well, Sunderland weren't doing the paperwork." Well, uh, we were pretty efficient on our paperwork, and uh, we were ready to go. And is is it disappointing not to have moved them on because of the the wages? Uh. I, mean, I didn't know if that affected our deadline day in the sense that you were waiting to get that off the wage book so you could. No, I mean, no, it did. It, 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 it's from a financial perspective, it, it would have been beneficial, but it's not going to change the fortune of the football club because the contribution to the wage we would have had to make meant meant that you know um, it was more about putting Brian, um, giving him definite game time, putting him in the shop window um, with with maybe taking a view on on next year because. He is expensive for us. Um, he's been a, an excellent pro, and he is an excellent pro. And he comes in and he he does what you know um, some of the others didn't, and gives us hundred percent commitment. And um, you know, again, I don't do the footballing side. But if you ask me personally, I, I would have 
for what we were getting, I would have probably potentially just just left him in anyway, just in case. But that's a twitchy owner because I'm I'm I, I was like a on transfer deadline day. Jack was very relaxed. Um, he was happy with the business that he knew was going on. Um, and um, I was like a the complete opposite because I'm just like I think every football fan. What if we get an injury? What if we get a suspension? Um, I'd prefer to have eight strikers than one um, so that if somebody gets injured or someone goes off form, you can just keep chucking them in. But that's from a fan's perspective who plays football manager, isn't it? <laughs> you know, Jack's got to manage the squad and we've got a big squad. He doesn't want, I shouldn't think, three players on the sidelines that he's got to manage that have come here expecting to play football. So um, I was like a kiddie in a sweetie shop and, and, and Jack, quite rightly, um, is telling me to you know, shut up, get out of the way. You know, I've got a football manager and a recruitment team. Leave them to it. And um, quite right too. Is that an admittance that you play football manager? I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I do Sunderland to play football manager. I just don't do the football managing bit. Um, no, no, no. I, I used to as a, as a when I was younger, but but uh, I've managed to sort of jump up to the real thing. <laughs> but it's 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 club management, not not the players. Yeah. So um, I've got the worst of both worlds there. Jerome Sinclair, he um, obviously had his loan terminated. What was yeah. the, the reasons behind that? Uh, again, it would be footballing. Jack, Jack and Jerome, I think, would have had a chat. And um, he wasn't, from, from again, from a, a fan's perspective or, or, or an owner's, when you look at it, he wasn't getting as much game time as probably he wanted or um, we would want from him if he's he's in the squad. And I think they probably just had a conversation that said, you know, you, you're not guaranteed um, any more game time and, and Jerome I think probably thinks well I, I need to play football so he's he's gone somewhere else and good good luck to him but you know um, the, the, the I could do the finances but the footballing decisions are, are, are Jack's yeah, he's been to Oxford actually I think yes he has yeah, yeah, so. yeah I think he'll be a good signing for Oxford okay we'll do the transfers in now the more exciting aspect um, obviously Max Power was done pretty yes. much 1st of January yeah um, so the first real signing was Jimmy Dunn um, how did that come about and is there any scope to sign him on a permanent deal um, I don't think there's any scope to sign him on a permanent deal because I think he's he's highly thought of at, at Burnley um, at the start of the window I asked Jack what, what he thought he would like um, and on the and on the basis of, of keeping Josh as we thought we were going to he, he just thought we needed a, a, a centre back um, and um, they'd had their targets um, they knew all about Jimmy and um, you know they they just said you know we think he'll be available and um, I said well if 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 that is who you want go, go and get him then if it if it makes sense and um, that's exactly what they did so you know Max was always going to happen Jimmy Dunn I think was was very straightforward um, then through the window we lose Josh and Jerome and and I think from a you know a simple perspective again there I I said well. You know, we've we've got Charlie and possibly Duncan, both of whom have coming back from injuries, neither of whom have, have scored a lot of goals at this stage because you think they're feeling their way back in. They could have a breakdown on an injury. Hopefully they won't. Um, they've got to find a bit of form. And I, and I just said to Jack, you know, um, should we replace the two? Um, and Jack said, well, yeah, if we can. Um, but, you know, one might be enough. And Jack was was very comfortable, I think, with one. Um, and again, being a twitchy and I said, well, if I can get two for you, I'll get two because, um, you know, I'm worried about the injury aspect, the suspensions and everything else. Would would you, would you like two? And Jack said, if you can get two, you can get two, but but don't worry, one one one's enough. Um, so 
you know, I've been a bit more cautious. It's, it's, it's Jack is very, very, um, very, very good from a, an owner's perspective financially. He doesn't push um, as much as he, 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 he gets the finances and he doesn't push beyond what is sensible. He won't pay over the odds. We, I talked to him about all the players that I'm trying to negotiate and, and, and buy or, or do the wages on. And he's the first one to go, he's not worth that. I'm not paying that. There's another one. We'll get another one. Let's move on. Just tell the lad we'll move on uh, and we'll get someone else. And he's very comfortable that he can do an awful lot of his management from the training ground. Um, and, um, you know, that there was there was no pressure from Jack. Um, all, all the pressure I sort of put on myself, really, to try and do the best I could for him. Grant Ledbetter um, had lots of questions about him, but yep. who initiated the deal on that one? Was that something? I mean, it was rumoured in the summer. I remember we talked about Grant yeah. Ledbetter back yep. in August. Um, how, how did that deal come about? Um, well, I think we'd heard that he was he'd got options, and Grant Ledbetter has become my favourite player straight away because he's he's not, you know, he, he he's he's come here um, with the absolute opposite of finances involved, which from an owner's perspective you absolutely love um, because. You know, you know he's coming for absolutely one hundred percent the right reason, and you always hope people will. Um, and we'll, I'm sure, we'll get onto a couple of conversations we had about strikers um, in the window, which meant they were just straight nose. Um, but but Grant, we knew was potentially looking to move, um, and we knew that there was interest. Um, and I don't know who who knew or whether he contacted us, or we contacted him, but we knew that there was a desire from him, no matter what, to come back to Sunderland. I and mean, I think once. We were aware of that. There were a lot of conversations, and um, we think he'll add, um, you know, another dimension for us. We think he, he's he's he'll be great in the change rooms. He's come here to sort of achieve something, and he's he's although he's you know slightly older than Jack's normal signings, um, he's got a good engine and, and a good few years in his legs. We hope so. Um, you know, I, I think um, it's one of those things where it was just always sort of known that he might be available and we just um we just went for him did we have to pay a fee for him nope and, and we'll borrow good to work with on that deal perfect yeah i suppose you you built that link up after the paddy mcnair deal they, they were they were great they were great on that that, that you, you know um they're a very professional football club um do and you they, know steve gibson no 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 um but they they take a very sensible that there's you know some football clubs are just difficult to deal with and just just are you know when you're talking to players and, and or talking about players with them that they, they, it's just you know it, it, it's like going it's like going into a market where someone's got a thousand pounds on or something they go ten thousand you just think i know you'll sell it for less than that but you're just being stupid um and then other clubs are very realistic and you can have a sensible conversation with them where they where they talk up why they want a bigger value or a lower one or or you know this deal won't happen for this or this deal won't happen for that and then you can open up about where you are financially knowing that you're both telling the truth and i think middlesbrough are very straight um and they and they've been great to deal with on those transactions how important is it to have a, a sunderland person like grantley but sign for the club and have somebody like him you know who the fans can uh... identify with i mean we saw him come through the ranks and we all remember his brilliant goal against arsenal how important do you think that is um, I think you don't know in honesty, do you? But, but your gut instinct tells you that having, um, people that get the area that love the club, that will that'll run through the, I mean, football now is fine margins. So if you've got two players of the same standard, but somebody 
just absolutely wants to die for the club, then you expect that when it just comes to it, it will just give you that edge. So I think, um, you know, you can develop that with players that don't have any connection to the area. But um, undoubtedly, he that there is a passion in him to see the football club successful. And I think um, if you can get that, that just comes naturally, then you would hope that will give you an advantage. So I think um, we might just have a natural advantage in his mentality. Lewis Morgan, uh, obviously a player that Jack knew quite well. Yeah. Um, how did that deal come about? And is there a potential to make that one a permanent deal? Again, there was a conversation, I think, in, in, in the summer that he was on our list. Um, but for whatever reason, it, it didn't it didn't materialise. I, I don't I don't think there's a view that it can become permanent. And none of the loans we've done, are, I think, are on that basis. They're 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 um with a view to strengthen us for the running, and you never know what happens. Um, you know, um, lot, lots changes. But um, you know, Jack knows him. Um, he's kept tabs on him, uh, and I think the view was that you know um we we might need at times in the game. You know, we, we haven't had much to throw on from the bench. Also, you know, forms can come in and out and um, you can pick up injuries and everything else. And, and having the one extra winger, um, I think, was sensible. So, you know, Jack obviously knows Celtic and, and Lewis, etc. And he, he he was instrumental in obviously bringing him in. Was he close to signing the summer? He was a player that was linked? Um, no, well, he, he, he wasn't close, but he, he'd been mentioned. But um, he wasn't um, he wasn't close. Kaziah Sterling, uh, that transfer yep. seemed to come out of nowhere. But is it true that Tony Davidson pulled in a favour? Mm, no, <laughs> that is that that deal is Tony Coton. Tony Tony has got, I think, a really good relationship with Tottenham. There were there were six or seven other clubs that wanted him, um, and Tony kept that one on the on the back burner, kept it to himself. Um, Jack really likes him, really likes him, um, and. Um, you know, he's very highly thought of. Um, but luckily, I think Tony's relationship with with Tottenham, Tony Coton, that is, has delivered that, that player for us in this deal. So don't give Tony Davidson any credit. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know where I read that. I think it was... No. Well, give him credit for something, but definitely not that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what do you think Kaziah can, can bring to Sunderland? He's a player that Sunderland fans are not aware of. Really. Um, I, I asked you that because he, he's, not, he's not a player I'm aware of. Um, but they were very excited about getting him. And I, and I said, well, what, what is he then? And he got described as, at, in the summer, no one had heard of Josh, and he's coming to the team, and he said, on balance, I'm not sure which player you'd have, you'd have, you'd have taken in the summer. Um, you know, he's 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 slightly smaller than Josh, but he's, he's similar. So um, I think that's how he sees him. And obviously, we're just about to come on to Will Grigg now. But before we get there, um, yep. were there any other players that we were close to in the window that didn't quite come off? I mean, you don't have to necessarily name names, but no, no one, we, no one we were close to. No. And how many players did we actually try to sign? Because on deadline day, there was a list. You know, Tom Eaves was thrown out. John Marquez. Yeah, we made out. a we made an offer on Tom Eaves apparently. Um, but um, if if we did. That was somebody who stole Sunderland head of paper to make the offer because we, we we didn't do that. I mean, I I when you said did I look at Twitter? No, I didn't. But a few days before, I saw some of the names and we were offering for this and offering for that. Um, uh, we offered for some of those, but 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 not not all of them. Um, I think we had you know probably when, when we thought Will was was unlikely, he was always Jack's number one target. Then you know we we inquired about a lot of strikers, um, but some of the prices we got back. 
um, were just ridiculous. And I think every time we inquired and asked a price, um, I think everyone said we'd put a bid in. Um, and, and I think in, in some regards, I've seen that now in, in January. Um, I think if if players are going to sell their strikers to us at critical times, and these, these are our rivals or, or people that are trying to stave off relegation, then to appease their fans, they want to obviously make sure that the the figure is as high as possible. And I, and, and I get that. So um, saying that, you know, you're knocking back bids left, right and centre and saying that, um, you know, the price is this or that or the other. Um, some of those prices were quoted prices to us. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't bid on them. Um, one of the things I was quite pleased about is, um, I know you had Keith, Keith on here saying we probably had a million, a million and a half to spend. And, um, you know, the fact that we spent more than that on a player says, you know, I think we've, we've done well, although, although we've spent it, we, we've done well to, you know, um, create, not create the impression that's wrong, but, you know, people don't see Sunderland with, with loads of money, but we, we've done well in our transfer dealings and the running of the club, I think, since we've come in and that has created along with the fans turning up in numbers which has made a difference we created a little bit more money so that when it became critical for us we could we could go that bit further and nobody realised that some exchange betting companies run short-lived promotions like months-long offers of low commission at BetDAC we wanted to change the way we did things so we set our commission at 2% permanently that's 2% on football horse racing golf almost any sport two percent that's just one way that betdac is changing for the better for the better like you betdac the two percent commission exchange over 18s only please gamble responsibly do you think this will grig deal <clears throat> may as well jump onto him now do you think that'll show fans because a lot of fans are like do the owners have money you know I mean they've said they've got money do you think this still saying you know we've paid three rising to four million do you think uh, that says yes we have money yes we'll back the manager when we need to back them but we're not just going to throw uh, silly amounts of money at players if you ask Jack whether he's backed by us he's backed I would hope he would say 100% we will do whatever we can to sign players if the finances make sense now you know um, I was straight about what we're trying to do with the seats, well, we're trying to involve the fans, which players we'll try and get out and what players we signed. And, and I said it how it was or what I thought. Um, and sometimes what I think doesn't always happen or, or whatever, but I made a, a judgment call as to where I thought we would be. And that's where we are. Now, I also said, I'm not a billionaire and I'm not going to be going and spending 20, 30 million pounds on a strike in the championship. I won't. We're not in that position. I am looking at loads of different ways for us to... Um, make sure we're as financially strong as possible if we can get to the championship from um, loads of different things that I'll, I'll quite happily sit and talk about for half an hour. And some people go, that's a stupid idea. Oh, that I didn't thought that. That's a good idea. Things that can help us compete with teams that will come down from the Premier League who are going to start £50 million ahead minus the difference in our fan base, which is probably worth to us three or £4 million. So, um, you know, we, we have got money to spend in the right area. But as I said at the start, we will not be spending 10, 15, 20 million pounds on a player unless um, I can deliver something different to where I'm currently sat. And I know people have said, you know, oh, I've got 8 million pounds, I'm worth 9 million pounds. Well, if they had a, if they had a brain in that sense, 
um, without being rude and, and disrespectful, because it's quite a disrespectful thing to say to me. I had to prove £50 million in liquid assets to buy this football club. Me. That's me. Not Juan. Not Charlie. Not anyone else. And that's that's not um, a hotel in Sardinia or some... Sh- you know, that is liquid. If Sunderland needed £50 million cash for whatever reason, I could go to my... And, I, and all I showed them was shares in a public listed company, uh, company and my current bank account. Not my savings account, my current account. And I passed. So... Um, uh, you know, um, what I'm worth is 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 nobody's business, um, because it doesn't matter if I'm worth two billion or fifty million. What matters is what am I going to put into Sunderland, um, you know. And from that perspective, everything else is irrelevant. And I've told people what I will do, and I'll do what I said. Um, I would like to try and get the football club so it's self-sustainable and can push itself on. In this January transfer window, I was talking to a, a manager who's doing very well. And he's generated over £10 million in transfer fees and was hoping to have three or four, five million pounds to spend. And he hasn't got any of it. Now, I can tell fans here, if we sell a player, then we, we won't be taking the money out. We'll reinvest it. Now, I might have to get reinvested in, um, you know, like Bob Murray's days, he was doing the stadium and it was stadium versus place. If there's something that's, that comes up that we've got to spend that's non-football related, we'd use that money if we generate it. Or we'll put it in wages, or we'll sign players. What we what, we don't need. N- none of us need to make money out of Sunderland. We're all successful in our own rights, in varying degrees. Um, and to be fair, Juan being the most successful, but um, we've all got nice lifestyles. We all earn decent money outside of Sunderland, so we don't need to 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 take money out of the football club. If going along the way, um, we get people that want to invest and we do all right in it, then. Fair enough. If we've delivered, then I don't think that's unreasonable. And as long as it's done fairly and sensibly for Sunderland Football Club and doesn't jeopardise the future in any way, that's not unreasonable. Um, but it, it it's also not reasonable of us to sell a footballer and take money out. Everything that's generated stays in. But at the moment, you know, spending a, a couple of million pounds on a on a striker or um, a midfielder or whatever it is, we can do that. But also, what why should we spend? Loads of money in League One. And um, um, we should be big enough to get out of League One without having to be the biggest spenders. All right, we are the biggest spenders, but um, I'm not necessarily sure we, we should have to be. Um, and when it gets in the Championship, it's a game changer. But make no mistake, we have got to compete with clubs that come out with a £50 million payment. And we've blown ours. It, it, we, we've blown it. I have managed to save next year's for the work that's done. That looked like it was going to go. Um, but all of next year's parachute money is going to be surplus for us to either run the football club or get us on an even keel or whatever it is. And that is that is a big achievement from what we inherited because half of it was already gone um, from this season when, when we'd come in. It had all been, you know, promised away or or, or or whatever and, you know, loads of transfers that we know we had to pay for, et cetera, and, and so on and so on, and a £35 million loss. We had all of that. But we are going to have to compete if we get up. If I'm in charge and we get up, we have got to compete with teams that naturally get the money that we've blown. And I'm thinking about that all the time. What can we do? How can we raise finance? How can we structure it? And I'm trying to do it in a way where I'm still involved because I want to be involved um, and, and, and I want to make the decisions. But if I can't, as I've said before, 
it would be an emotionally tough decision, but I'd have to pass it on. But at this stage, we can give Jack whatever he needs to get out of this league. So let's 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 concentrate on that, and then we'll worry about where we go afterwards. But just so the fans know, I've 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 been straight from the start. You know, I haven't come in here saying I'm, I'm going to spend a, you know, hundred million pounds. Um, I, I can't spend a hundred million pounds. Um, and I haven't said that I will. Um, and if the desire becomes that you want an owner that does that, and you know, I get the the, the vibe from you all that you, you don't want me, then um then I'll get rid of it and I'll pass it on. Um, uh, so you'll only have to tell me that I've got no desire to have sit-in protests. Um, you know, the, the, the Twitter I received, not publicly, but personally, um, was, was shocking. Some of the stuff people were saying to me and and it, and it wasn't true and it wasn't deserved, but it comes with the territory and that's fair enough. And, you know, everyone by about two people has emailed me since and apologized. But they've apologised because I signed a player. And I try, I've been trying to sign a player for... If I hadn't done it, it wasn't because I wasn't trying. And it wasn't because I was, you know, trying to take the £3 million out of the football club that, that I've, I've put in to, to, to do it. It's because I was trying to do the right thing. Um, and I get um, why I got those comments, and that's fine. It, it's, it's no issue. But rest assured, if I get that on this... Then as soon as you tell me you're not wanted, I'll 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 get the message because I'm uh, you'll I'm sure you'll all let me know. Do you think though? I mean, <clears throat> Twitter's an interesting one because I know we sometimes get criticised on Twitter, or somebody will criticise my interviewing technique, and you yeah. do take it personally. And it's only a small percentage. I mean, uh, do you think? Do you sometimes yeah, I, I, maybe blow it out of proportion in your head? Because that's I, what I do. I don't. I don't. I I don't blow it out of proportion. I mean, you know, people have apologised to me. I said, don't worry. I said, you don't know what's going on. Um, you, you've you've had the years that you've had. Everyone's telling you that I'm here to to you know do this and that and 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 feather my own nest and and everything else. Um, and don't and don't get me wrong. I don't want Sunderland. I, I would like to leave when I leave Sunderland with it having you know cost me nothing. And if I've got some upside from that and I've done a good job, then then that would be a perfect scenario for me. Um, but I did Sunderland because I could afford to do it, and it was the, the and the only time I ever thought I'd be able to get a football club. That, that is like Sunderland, um, and I didn't even realise what Sunderland was. If, if I'm honest, it's I've got I've got an even better deal um, it, from the perspective of what it's actually like. But I did it because I could, and because I wanted the challenge, and I put quite a lot on the line to do that. Um, but this is about making the football club successful. And if people want to tweet me, you know, and they're Sun Newcastle fans posing as Sunderland fans, or they're Sunderland fans that are you know, g- genuinely uh, think I'm here for the wrong reasons. Fine, I, I accept that. And you'll also get those fans, which was more of the, the deadline, who were just desperate for the football club to do well and uh, probably sat there for two weeks listening to what I said and thinking, he's he, he ain't delivering, I knew it was going to be like this, I knew it was going to be like this. And they whipped themselves up into a frenzy and then they smashed me. And that's fair enough. I haven't got a problem with that. I don't over-complicate um, that. I, 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 I take it for what it is. Um, getting personal messages about your family and, 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 and your life and, and you know what, what people will do to you if you don't sign players really? and that. Yeah, yeah, that that that, that, that I don't that that's OTT. That 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 that's a that's a bit much. Um Is that the sort of thing you know, you can actually report? I mean oh, I, everyone's apologized. And, and said I was I was having a drink and I was getting wound up and whatever. It's that that's that's fine. But 
this is on something where I'm doing my very best to deliver and we are whatever we are fifth in the league with three games in hand with a manager that absolutely loves the club with a team that are given 100% uh, and, a, and a staff that are doing the same and based on maybe not signing one striker that's the that's the feeling because that's how high the passions run so I can see that if I can't deliver then I've got no desire to stay here and try and hold on to a football club and, and I don't know sell it for 30 million if it's worth 10 or or sell it for 80 million because it's worth 15 or try and hang on because somebody's going to buy a player for 5 million I can I can take out I've got no desire for that I don't need it I don't need it my lifestyle's fine thanks very much um, so I'm happy with that um, what I don't want in my life is um, to be given absolutely everything and 100% and then you know um, if you look at Newcastle down the road you know you've got to sit in protest with Mike Ashley and this, I don't know whether or not he's, he's doing a good job for them or this that and the other he's doing what he's doing at whatever given point, they don't like it and they don't want him there. If I suffered that, um, not form of abuse or, or whatever it is, but if, if if that was how the Sunderland fans felt about me, I'd wake up in the morning and think, oh, I don't need this. What am I doing this for? I'm trying. I'm doing it for them and me. It's a personal challenge for me and it's to see the reaction from them and deliver them something. Those are the two things. So I've got some personal pride and um, a sense of achievement for me and for everybody else. And if those people don't want me to do it, I'll, 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 <laughs> I won't be. I won't be putting money into a football club to do it. I'll be. I'll be saying right next person. And um, the the January window opened my eye up a little bit to what it to, can get to, like. to what it, what it can get like. But I've I've said it from the start, and I and I said to the guys around me, I said we cannot cannot outstay our welcome. Um, but while we're though, here, we're giving a hundred percent. I don't think though. The reality is, is ninety percent of Sunderland fans are well behind what you, Charlie, yeah, and Wanda I mean, do. I mean, I would tend to ignore Twitter and the the forums that might. Yeah, I don't. I don't. We. I mean, it will come out in the um, in the in the Netflix scenario. Um, Neil, who, who works for me, said to me at the start, he said, "Don't read the forums." Don't read. The, I said, "I'm not going to read the forums because you know the Sunderland forum. I think um, just goes boom all the time." And I said, "I, I wouldn't even be able to keep up anyway, and I'd, I'd never get off it." <laughs> And on transfer deadline day, he, he was sat with the Netflix guy. He's just trying to wind me up. He said, ah, oh, there you are. There's a thread on there. Uh, the Don's first mistake or whatever. <laughs> and I said, my first mistake. I said, I'll make mistakes every day um, uh, with regards to Sunderland. I do my best, but I'll get them wrong. We'll get it wrong. But I think the only thing is when, if people knew how little sleep I had, how much it affected me. And, and, I, and I hope we get this Netflix second series because people will see, I think, how much effort has gone in to try and get this right um, for all all the right reasons. Um, and I think when you're doing that, um, it, you know, if you don't get nice messages, it's not great, but it doesn't affect me because, you, you know, the personal ones are, are, that, that you get occasionally are, are, or whatever. But I also had some great ones from fans that are saying, you know, we'll stick with you, we get it, don't worry, um, ignore the moaners or, or whatever it is. And people aren't generally moaning you, you know if, if if you discard the Newcastle fans dressed up as Sunderland fans in that sense they're just worried for their own football club skeptical about football club owners because to be fair as a group of people um we haven't looked after football clubs as well as they should be looked after and lots of football club owners don't actually get 
that um, the football club is the fans. So um, they feel abused. And I think when most football clubs have had that at some stage, you just become weary. So I, it, that, that doesn't bother me. I'm just saying at, at the point at which I can't take the football club on, I think the Sunderland fans may become restless, and that's fair enough. But I'll see it before them. Uh, and, and, and the key on this project is to try and stay here for 20 years and deliver everything. And, you know, you, you go to bed at night and you dream those dreams where you not only do you go up, you, you compete in Europe and everything. That's what I want. But I'm not stupid enough to realise that at some point that might become too financially difficult for me. Um, albeit, I hope I can be do it in a slightly different way. But the, the key will be that I realise that six months before all of you lot, in that sense, and um, and I leave um, you know, on 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 the right basis with fans saying, well, you know, he did the right thing, and that'll be emotional. I've said that because um, the football the football club's got me. Right, we'll jump onto Will Grigg now. Uh, we've we've teetered yep. onto the Will Grigg story, yep. but can you give us a timeline of of the first bid to the final bid? How how the whole deal came about? Well. <sighs> Um, is it fair to say? I mean, I've seen people say that yeah. you maybe lowballed them with early offers. Is that fair? Uh, I I didn't lowball them with one or two hundred thousand pounds. Well, that's what um, I saw. It was two hundred thousand. Yeah. I think. I uh, yeah. No. No. Um. Um. Bl- blimey. No. It was. It was d- d- double that and and whatever. But but um. Look, I think what what I would say is in 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 Wigan's position, Will Griggs a popular player. They 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 didn't want to sell him. They they fought hard not to sell him, um, and they said to me at the start, you know, the price needs to reflect the fact that um, we don't want to sell him. But the person we talked to at the club, um, you know, I, I didn't get involved in the start, but we had a meeting instigated by um, somebody connected to Wigan, who um, told us that he was available at a million pounds. Um, now, when someone tells you that they're available for a million pounds. Uh, you know, Tony then came and said, we can have him. And Jack said, God, yeah, you know, he's guaranteed goals, all, all the things. So very, very, I said, all right, we'll, we'll go for him. And the conversation, and, and it's great as well, because Jack and Tony were saying to me, can we afford a million pounds? I've done fantastically well to think that uh, everyone around us thinks we've only got a million pounds. So I was like, well, just about. Um, so we put a bid in, but when someone says a million, you don't go straight in a million because you know it'll be a million and a half. So we went in twice below a million pounds. Not not super low balling, and then um, it got to the stage where they were going. No, look, it that's the figure. So I went, all right, we're there. Then they're not going to move on this. That's that's the figure. So we then put in a bid, and it we just got a, a response back that said he's not for sale at that price. To which we said, whoa, um, come on. And then we pushed it to about a million and a half. Uh, and at that point, we got the same response saying no. Now all this happened. Um, I'm not exactly sure when, but but a good week before the end of the transfer window we were at that stage so i said look i'll I'll just talk to chief executive here because i said we're being told by the club this is the figure and every time we hit it and i and and we weren't going to make any of it public of course but when their manager comes out and says you know we've had four bids turned down you think well you know i i i I get that and they're looking like they want to keep him but you know we were keeping it in-house because a lot said that you know we say a lot but you know, we wouldn't. We Jack was then forced to say we we'd made a bid. Um, so that's where we were. So I phoned the the, the chief executive and I said, "Look, I'm really sorry. Um, 
you know, I'm frustrated with my staff because they keep telling me that, you know, if I bid this, it will come. And I said, I'm now over half a million pounds, what they told me. And I'm still getting an answer back where I'm not even getting a figure. You're just saying, no, he's not for sale at that price. I said, I've got nothing to work with. Um, so, you know, and I said, and if you're going to tell me it's two, three, four, five million pounds, um, you know, we're not, we're not at that price. Um, and he said, well, I don't think any of your staff have done anything wrong. Um, you know, it's just, you, you're talking to the wrong people. Um, you know, they haven't got the authority to, 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 to deal with it this way. Um, but you're right. The figure is, you know, um, a few million more than that in effect was what you say. Didn't give me a figure, but he said that. And I went, well, we're, we're not, we're not in that, that market. Um, so thanks very much. And I left it. Um, as with all those things, I didn't know if he was bluffing me or I was bluffing him. Uh, and then we looked at, seriously looked at, um, a couple of other targets. Now, the natural thing to do then was, was scale the bottom of the championship and the top of League One or anything up and coming. So we had a look at the, the, the League One strikers and we put a couple of bids in. Um, but um, And that was a couple of bids. Um, and we, we inquired about a, another player and we were told he was five million. And I said, they said they turned down three. And I said, oh, what is it then? They said five. I said, that's, that, that's too rich. So we discounted that player. And then... The other main target we had, um, we went straight to, to the club and, and offered over a couple of million pounds for this player. And um, the response came back that it was a no. Um, and I think the player got wind of it as they, they all seemed to get wind of it. And um, uh, got a message back saying, you know, um, if I can double my money, I'll go and bang the door down. And, you know, Richard got that message and he sat to me and he went, we're not signing this player. And he, and he said to, to the player's agent who's, who's come, he said, you, you haven't said you want to come play for Sunderland. You've, you said you can double your money. Not interested. So that discounted our another target of ours. Um, and um, so then we, we were looking like, you know, uh, there was one or, one or two others. We knew we had a, a striker on the, on the back burner. Um, who, who, who would who, who we would get? Um, Does that still? So yeah. So yeah. Uh, well, uh, T- Tony was relaxed on that. He just said that there's one. I've got one. Don't, don't you, you know? You, I know you want two, and, and he, he gave me the the description of the player without telling me who it was because he, he didn't want to. Um, and with Josh then then going as this was was developing, we you know my view was that you know on the football side they were they were relaxed on on this. But I, I thought we might need some more guaranteed goals. So I, I sat there and I left it as late as I could. Um, and then I thought, nah, um, we, we, we need this lad. So um, we had a conversation. Everyone was comfortable with it. And I, and I just sat there and, and, and thought to myself, you know, I, I'd like to try and uh, do this for Jack. I know Jack was saying no, don't worry. It's you know, but Jack, I know really wanted Will, um, and I thought I've just got to do the best I can do and put the best offer in that I can. And I left it, and I left it. Um, wait, waiting to see if they would come, and then we got we get to the last day, and I thought I've I've just got to I've just got to do the best I can. So I, so I pushed our bid up to start with a two, and a, and a bit more, and it was just no, 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 no. <clears throat> and I sat there and sat there and I thought, 
And then I thought, oh, no, oh, all right. Um, I, I'm, I'm, it, I'm trying to wrestle between paying over the odds for the player because it's January, because the stuff that was coming back to us, we were being quoted £2 million for players that are worth 200000 and they're going, it's January tax and Sunderland tax. And that's, and that's what they're saying. We know you need someone with a, you know, with Josh going. It was we knew it was going to be like that, and we wanted one in before with Josh, but we just couldn't make it happen. So I knew I was probably going to have to pay over the odds, but we 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 wanted Will. Jack wanted Will. Um, you know, he's he's got a great track record. He's a good lad. Um, I think he knows some some lads that are here, and uh, the, the, you know, the vibe was that he would be keen to come if we could we could get a deal, and it might give the place a little bit of a lift as well with with what else we'd done. And I looked at the January transfer window and thought, you know, Jack wanted a centre-half, done that. We got a bit more in midfield there. Someone who loves the club, good experience. The, the, the winger to give us a bit of options. The, the striker to replace Josh Madger in, in in sort of without the goals, but could be. And I just thought, icing on the cake time, let's go for it. So um, I left it as late as I could to go in with that last offer. What time um, was that? Seven. Uh, and they went, yeah, right then. And that was it then. Off we go. But we signed him, I think, I think with um, about 50 seconds spare. We got the paperwork back, I think, from with four minutes to go and then we had to get it over. So it was, it was tight. But that was, there was a lot of, Faffing about at the end when you've when you've done it and you just come on come on come on but but we got there so it'd be if it's captured it'd be good TV. Uh, did you ever worry that we wouldn't get one? Uh, yeah, last day yeah. I was worried last day um, because everybody was just it was it was just getting really silly, um, and and I, and I did start to worry. Yeah, and would we have bought Greg even if Madger had stayed? Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. But maybe not as, maybe not put the full three, four million as you did at the end. No, I, th- I think w- when I say, would we, would we have wanted him? Yes. Would I have felt the need to, 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 to go to three million? No. So probably not then because I don't think they, w- they wouldn't have sold for less. Uh, Cameron McGeehan, was there anything happening with him? We were not as far as I know. We were told. No. no. Okay, we'll move on from there. Chet Evans, there was a, a tweet from Peter O'Rourke claiming that we yep. changed our mind on him because of negative social media reaction. Is that true? No, we wouldn't. I'd, we wouldn't change our mind on a, a a player. I don't think we would always try and justify doing whatever it is we wanted to do. I know um, Chris Wilder obviously quite well, and I phoned Chris directly and said, "What, what have you got? Um, who, who are you looking to move out?" I said, "We we we could do with a striker." Um, and he, he gave me a couple of names of people out there, and I and I and I mentioned him, um, and we said to Sheffield United that we we may well be interested, um, and you know Jack Jack talked it through, and again it was a footballing decision, um, and you know um, we we got down the avenue of having a conversation, and then Jack said, I think we want to go in a different direction, so no thank you, and that's that's where we got to. Do you think you made any mistakes? If you're looking at the whole January transfer window back, I mean, what have you learned and what what can you take for next year's uh, we, January window? We took when when Josh Madger was was going. What we tried to do when we when we knew that was going to happen, we talked to some Premier League clubs to see if there was any interest ourselves. And the two of those Premier League clubs told us they never do any business in the January transfer window because it's a false market and they try and do everything in the summer. 
Um, and I sat back and reflected on that and thought to myself, if we'd have done more in the summer, we might not be in, in this position. Um, and I think the best time to do business is in the summer. Um, so I think, um, you know, I underestimated the cost of replacing Josh, not having you know, when I was negotiating with Josh, I was I think we were negotiating purely on what we thought was right and fair and everything else, and, and we underestimated what it would cost to replace him. And um, probably in hindsight, we should have done our negotiation quicker on that. So I think that scenario has made our January more expensive, which is gutting. Um, but, you know, um, just like everything else, and, and it, it won't be what the fans want to hear, but I, I'm learning my way into to, to owning a, a big football club. Um, and I'm learning um, about the markets and, the, and, and this, that and the other. Um, but I'm a quick learner. Um, and I think, you know, there is no doubt about, you know, that, that thread, whatever it is on whatever Neil's talking about, that it's not my first mistake. I've made loads of mistakes and I'm sure I'll make loads more. Um, but I'll try and learn from them. And... They'll all be done, I suppose, in that sense, with the with the best of intentions. And um, I think our January has been more expensive because we haven't done well enough in our first window. But then I, I would cut myself some slack on that as well, and Jack, and say we were a bit eleventh hour into the club with a, with a lot to sort out. And I think it's very easy now to sit here and say we're in this position or that position. But you know that there was a lot to sort out and there still is quite a lot to sort out and that's where you know when I see Jack's coming for a little bit of criticism because we had a couple of draws if you knew what Jack had to deal with from the moment he's walked in and, and how he's dealt with it and how he's got the atmosphere right and everything else he's doing an unbelievably good job and we need to make sure and, and I've said this if we got promoted this season and we got promoted next season and we were then bottom six in the Premier League, come come January, everyone would be because this modern football would be going. Well, you know, uh, he's not cut out to be a Premier League manager. We need some more experience, this and the other. And, and you got to remember what people have done for you. And it's ever so easy to turn around and say, "Well, this is where we are." And he's done a fantastic job getting us where we are. And um, we don't want to have too short of memories when we're, we're judging where we are. We've got a question here about Eastley. Uh, obviously, yes. we had uh, Stride check down there on loan, but do you yes. envisage there being a a growing relationship between the two clubs potentially. I hope so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very fond of, of Eastley. I, I, that, that had five or six years of my life, and I, I look out for their result. Um, and um, you know, without doing anything silly, they've got a fantastic structure there. You know, I spent ten million pounds on them, and I, I, I get well, I spent a bit more than that actually. I tried to forget, but um, I, I think I've spent about thirteen million pounds there and set the structure up. It's a fantastic place to go down. And I know Max went down there and I thought, ooh, you know, it's got some of the best, it's got League One facilities um, and they look after everybody really well and it's very professional. So um, it's, it would be a good place for some of our players to go. The logistics don't make it great, but with the airports, you know, it's only, it's only an hour's flight. So I, I hope we could, we can build on that potentially as long as it's sensible. What do, what is our financial situation? Obviously we're, you know, the deal for Will Grigg. Did you pay for the Will Grigg deal? Did that money come out of the club? How did, how did that um, work? Well, I'm going to have to put yeah, I'm going to have to put a bit more money in in the in the short term. The scenario with the football club is that that we've we've done fantastically well and and we've got to a position whereby there's zero cash flow issues. 
we probably get through to the summer and we've managed to save the parachute payments so that um, we, we can invest those. And that was always always the plan to give ourselves a little bit of um, little bit of extra. So we're, we're, we're in good shape. We're going to have, you know, um, quite a few million pounds left over. But it depends how far down we've got the losses on that. And I think the losses are going to be circa five million next season, depending on what, what league we're in. Um, but the parachute payments will more than cover that, hopefully. Um, well, they will. And that will give us hopefully a bit extra. So that's where we are. But now, having done Will Grigg, we hadn't budgeted to spend um, three million, uh, and we haven't got um, three million in that sense. So uh, it will just need a a, a a little bit extra. We have got um, short-term instalments on it um, that'll help with the cash flow. But even so, um, yeah, just just a little bit of money goes in, but nothing, nothing major. Nothing silly. Any- questions off the EFL in regard because I know that you you had to avoid a uh, transfer embargo did they yeah. say hmm, how are you spending no, this no no we're okay the, the, the EFL said to me when I came in that I might need to um well that I will need to and I did need to show that I had 50 million pounds if I've got my numbers wrong and I said it'll be 20 it, it I'll only need to, to 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 put that in and they said well if it runs as it is it will be 50 so I'm way below even the the, the 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 twenty. I think I don't know exactly how much it is. That's awful in the thing to say, but I'm not sure exactly how much I've put in. But um, uh, to to the running of the club, um, it's less than what I thought it would be. Never mind less than what they said. So I think they should be very relaxed that having shown them that I can put in fifty to know that I've put in less than I said at this stage. Um, I, I think they're okay. Was Juan Satori involved in any transfer dealings? Nope. Did you communicate with him on deadline day? Was he aware what was nope. happening? No, I didn't communicate with him on deadline day. Um, uh, we've been communicating, but um, I I didn't communicate with anybody on on deadline day. I, but I, you know, and I expect you have it. I've always get it in life. You know, my mum's phoning me, my partner's phoning. Me. I'm like, there's there's an hour and a half to go, and you know, they're saying, are you going to be home for dinner? It doesn't matter how many times you you, you tell them, I'll I'll be out. Um, yeah. So I, I was um, a couple of short phone calls with a couple of family members was about the only people I spoke to yeah you sent me a text at about half eight to say podcast on Saturday did I because I was surprised I was like really like this is what he's thinking about right now yeah (laughs) podcasting Um, how well placed are we if we don't go up this season now obviously I don't want to think about not going up but if we don't go up if we finish third we'll lose the playoff final where does that leave with Um, well it doesn't leave the football club in any jeopardy of of being around we're we're financially um uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll survive. Um, we'll still have the biggest budget in the league. We'll still probably spend more money in the summer than anybody else. Um, but um, the extra funds that we'll have saved over from the parachute payment will will disappear. Um, and we won't be in the right league. Um, so we'll be spending it getting back to the championship. And we wanted to spend it trying to get back into the the Premier League. So it's bad. It would be bad news. Um, promotion is probably worth circa ten million. Um, the parachute that's left over is circa 10 million. And I think the bottom line on it is if you go up, that parachute payment's a bonus to, to invest in the team. If you don't, it's probably going to cover um, the football club. So, you know, it's 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 a 10 million swing. So alternatively, I mean, I don't want an exact figure here, yeah. but if we go up into the championship, what kind of budget can fans expect? Because I mean, I was surprised seeing we spent the money on Will Grigg and I was thinking, oh, <clears> that <throat> an inclination that we're going to be the kind of club that, you know, will buy a few, three, four, five million pound players when they go up? Maybe. 
it depends on what I can organise um, if we go up. The, f- the first focus is on can we go up? Are we sustainable? Yes. And then you draw a line. And our playing budget then on a break even, I don't know, would be it could be as it could be 14 million. It could be as much as 20. Um, some teams are spending way more than that. Some teams in the playoffs are, are at the bottom end of that. Um, the championship is really about getting value for money because that you can pay forty thousand pound or thirty thousand pound a week for a striker, and you can pay ten. Um, it's about getting the about getting the right one. Um, but what I need to look at there is our our ability to compete if we if we need to beyond that, and that's what I'm looking at at the moment. How can I, if we need to, get a fifteen up to a twenty five um, on a sustainable basis? to give us the best possible chance. But I don't think, if I'm honest, if, as, as, as I sit here, we won't be signing three players on £5 million each if we get promoted. We, we won't be in that position unless I can work a little bit of magic um, between now and um, the start of next season if we get there with regards to some some ideas. And I've, I've got a few different ideas of how we can generate this ideas you want have a, a, a share of, or are you going to keep them quiet? The, well, th- there's there's options on there. You know, Juan might want to get more involved. He knows people that probably will want to get more involved. We get in approaches all the time, but they've got to be the right ones. We don't really want to, but if somebody comes along and, and you think they could take you to the next level, then we've got to be open to that. I'm really loving trying to achieve it within the group of people that we've got. I don't really want to change that dynamic. And I'm looking at how how can we add five or ten million pounds worth of extra revenue. And I've looked at it. If you remember, we talked about the stadium that we might need to short term finance it to get through um, a short term cash flow. We managed that, so we didn't need to do it. And then then I sat there the other day and I said, you know, we got an eighty million pound stadium. If if we took forty million and had half of it, and the, and the guys went, oh yeah, we could put that in the playing budget, and you know, we might we have an extra. If we paid a financing cost on it, we'd have an extra three years at ten million on the budget. And I'd be like, "Yeah, but if you get that wrong, you then yeah, you're you know, you go away." But but I said I wasn't thinking that. What I was thinking was, if we if we mortgaged it for argument's sake and took it, what could we buy that generates us ten million pounds every year forever? Because I said, if you gave me forty million pounds in my businesses, I, I'd, I'd get you a profit of X, Y, and Z. So could Sunderland own? four 10 million pound hotels that generate a revenue of two and a half million pound profit each and you've always got the hotels and you've just used the stadium against it but you've got 10 million to go into the club every year because that's the profit that it's making and then you put that extra revenue in and you've always got the hotels and every year they will give us a way to generate now it might not be that or it might be you know um different styles of businesses so i've looked at that and i thought that would enable me to stay involved and i trust how i would spend the money um, and that's one thing going through my mind and it might go absolutely nowhere or it might go somewhere, but, um, we're going to have to be inventive if we want to have a budget that's near the top of the championship and just going up and carrying on like we are, that's not going to happen. Contract statuses of Denver Hume, Adam Matthews, a few of the yep. youngsters, are we working on them? Yep. Um, uh, there were contract offers out, um, Adam Matthews, I think we said we'll have to see where we are at the end of the season because it will be league dependent. Yep. I think we'd like to make him an offer, but it, it we, you know, it, it might not be on the same terms that he's he's, he's currently on. Um, but I think we'd like to keep him. But you know, that will 
probably be more down to Adam being happy with what we can do for him. Um, and the other lads have all got offers out there. Um, and they're all with the agents coming back to us. And again, we've got a bit of time on that now. So, you know, I expect there'll be a bit of haggling between now and the end of the season, but we want to keep Denver Hume. We want to keep Elliot Embleton. Um, but again, on those contracts, we are not going to do them a two-year deal on better money and say that's it. And then them take a year to get in the team, then get in the team and run the contract down. We need some options so we're protected and they need to ex- accept those. Um, and there's there's a balance there. Some questions here, more sort of logistical questions, but yep. were we involved in the bidding to get rugby league games that have gone to St. James's Park on the Riverside? Um, I I don't think so. Um, Is that the kind of thing that you'd want to well, do? Well, we should be, but I don't... I, 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 I've been, if I'm honest, I've been focused on on other things we're we're trying to put the stadium out in whatever way we can because again as the football club you know we're talking about concerts and everything we've got a responsibility to the area if we get concerts if we get things in it generates jobs it keeps taxi drivers busy it gets hotels busy it gets people in cafes and bars so this football club needs to drag people to the to the city of Sunderland for the prosperity of the people that live and work here we we can create jobs and revenue if we've got the stadium of light used as a venue so I don't know is the honest answer whether we were we were in for those and I probably should know and and, and I don't but we have an instruction to be out for everything um but um I I honestly don't know and I think I would know if we'd have gone in for them <clears throat> Is there a chance to show the Checker Trade semi-final in one of the bars similar to Agron Stanley um it's obviously going down to Bristol Rovers on a Tuesday it's on, night It's on TV isn't it It's on Sky yeah Yeah so I'm sure we can yeah. Put it on and yeah. Yeah, that would be a good idea. And one question, yeah, I mean we've touched on this before, but yeah. how are you juggling everything with Sunderland and your other businesses? Is it is it's it fine. working at the minute? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean obviously I'm I'm focused on I've got good people in all the other businesses. They're probably happy I'm I'm not overly involved. <laughs> I only interfere. I mean, you know, Jack doesn't want me interfering in the transfer deadline days. Understandably, neither does Tony Cohen and Richard Hill. My other business people don't want me. I don't know what I'm. In, I don't know what I'm doing really. Nobody wants me around. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. But but the balance, joking aside, the the balance is fine. Um, this is very important to me to get this right um, for a whole host of reasons. So this is. Everyone knows who knows me knows this is this is my project at the moment. Final one before we let yep. you go off and we can all enjoy the match. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um since you've been here for how long? How long have you been here now? You came in in May. Eight, nine months, I yeah. Don't know, yeah. What's been the most challenging thing? Um I know we've talked a lot about agents. Which somehow uh, we haven't actually spoke about on this. We haven't actually touched yeah, the agents, eight, agents unlike us. Um uh, they're warming to me, I think. A few you of think? them, unbelievably. <laughs> um, the, 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 the players has been the most difficult. The players that didn't that didn't want to be here. You know, um, that, that that's taken up the most time and been the most frustrating thing about being involved. People that say that they don't want to be around yet expect you to 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 pay them to to go, but they also give you the biggest sense of satisfaction. Um, you know, because if if you look at our transfer dealings. We, we've we've managed those because people that didn't want to be here that thought they could leave for nothing, we've ended up getting money for. So they've they've paid for they've paid for this team, and 
never mind paying for them, they thought we should pay them to go. And we've managed to get it the other way around. Um, you know, so that's um, that's been the toughest thing, but the most most rewarding as well. Okay, that's uh, us all done. So thanks, Stuart, for sparing no, an hour and 20 yeah. minutes, I think. No, no, an hour and 12 minutes. Um, are we all good, Gav? Anything else? No, all good. Okay, um, so hopefully everyone will be listening to this on the way back home from a big win against oh, I Wimbledon. I hope so. I hope Fingers so. Crossed. Four home games out of five. It's, 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 You'll be singing the Will Griggs on fire chant tonight, will you? <clears throat> uh, Is he playing? No, I think he's he's in for next week. I've just I landed the... Um, well, I didn't land it, but the, the helicopter landed and he was out training on the on the pitch I landed on. So I had a, so had a good chat test, with him. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's he, he he said to me he should be should be all right for next week, hopefully. Um won't so, see him today. So we'll see. Now I think he's in I think he's in the club shopping around. He's absolutely over the moon to be here, you can tell. Yeah. Um so I think I think the the the, the squad's in a good shape, but um I can't say that yesterday. Well, I have to say that yesterday, I think the Will Griggs song got played more in in the office than <laughs> than anything else. We were all running around, jumping around. It's just a great song, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It, it's just It'll um, improve the atmosphere as well. Hopefully. Well, I said. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go into the Quins after the game, and if uh, if we're doing well, then um, I've seen the the picture of the Wiggins fans jumping up and down to that song. Uh, I think Quins Quins will be pumping <laughs> that out. Hopefully, fingers yeah. <laughs> crossed. Okay, thanks, Stuart, for coming. Nah, in. Thanks, thanks very much, guys. <laughs> short-lived promotions, like months-long offers of low commission. At BetDAG, we wanted to change the way we did things, so we set our commission at 2% permanently. That's 2% on football, horse racing, golf, almost any sport. 2%. That's just one way that BetDAG is changing for the better. For the better, like you. BetDAG, the 2% commission exchange. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.